Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. This is Upworthy Weekly, and my name is Todd Perry, and with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. Uh, listen, we are a good news podcast, but unfortunately, we received some bad news yesterday. Take it away, Todd. Oh, yeah. We just learned that, you know, uh, Upworthy Weekly is going away. Uh, but the great thing is you've got like 63, 64 episodes at any time you want to hear our wonderful voices you could put on. Uh, first of all, the people at Upworthy have been so awesome and so supportive of this show from the beginning. And uh, I continue to work there uh, after today uh, after today's show um, but and so I, I want to say that it's it's not like some kind of mean thing happening to us no, um, they're just kind of no. like yeah they're just kind of like you know it's probably better to have me writing on uh, what Upworthy's known for these wonderful uplifting articles than me spending the day cutting up uh, intros of Allison as Wednesday Adams so but and to be fair I don't know if this is telling too many tales out of school, but like you were the one who came, you were like, I think I should do a podcast. I think we should do a podcast. And they uh, kindly agreed and allotted resources and all this stuff. So they've been wonderful. They gave me a hat and a sweatshirt, which I cherish. And uh, let's see here. So I like, oh yeah, exactly. And we've, and you know it's the funny thing is like this show has been on for like 15 months but Allison and I were working on the show we're talking about it happening for like 7 months before it happened yes yes it's true so this has been a labor of love and so i feel sad but it's going to be okay because here's the thing and if it sounds a little slapped together if it, a little slapdash it mm. is because again this is all happening very fast we know that that many of you, uh, this is a, something you listen to weekly. You look forward to it. I've heard from people. This is my dinner prep podcast. This is my Saturday morning podcast, blah, blah, blah. And Todd and I, I feel like, have a really good rapport. We really enjoy working together. So we are trying to figure out a way to continue to do a show. It's going to be a retooled show, but, but a show nonetheless. And um, I think, and when I say I think, I know, we're going to slide over to Patreon. We're still figuring it out, but you can fi- you will and, and we'll tell you the URL. We're going to be on Patreon. We're going to do a very affordable price point, mm-hmm. essentially a dollar an episode, and and hopefully you will say yes, I want to support them. And by the way, it's going to be a very low price point. There's nothing to stop you from uh, bumping that up if that's if you would like to support us even a little bit more. But no pressure. Uh, the show's going to be at patreon.com backslash Allison and Todd. That's Allison with one L and Todd with one D. Yes. And don't blame us for that. It's our parents. It was our parents. Yeah. So uh, patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. And uh, well, I think w- when you first get there, you're going to find maybe some unreleased material from this podcast because 
Uh, not everything, uh, you know, we did, this was a pretty PG rated show. So sometimes we had to cut things out because mm-hmm. eh, that maybe that's a little inappropriate for the Upworthy show. So uh, you can find that there. And then within the coming weeks, we're going to put out this regular show. So patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. If you've never used Patreon before, it's just like a regular podcast app that you have. Uh, it's just like a, a different app. You just download the app and you can get, you get shows just like you would on a regular podcast. Yes. So it is very you easy use, to use. Wait, has that been your experience at Patreon? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. I mean, because you'll get... Well, now I'm getting too into the weeds. There's an RSS feed that you can then add into... Like, if you want to listen to it in whatever your regular podcatcher is, you'll be able to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... Work all that out after. So, but get, but again, this is... Uh, the other, Upworthy people have been amazing to us, uh, and there's a whole bunch of people behind the scenes that help make this show happen. Uh, Naomi... Um, yes. ...was instrumental in making this show happen, as was Kevin and Lucia... Uh, Eric, who's in charge of the editorial at Upworthy, was a big supporter. And, of course, Max, the CEO. And our social media team, who made these amazingly awesome Instagram posts and Twitter posts, like, all all the time, every week. uh, Xenia and Noemi, they did a fantastic job. And, of course, the writers here at Upworthy, Annie, Heather, Jacelyn, and Todd. Did you just Perry. name yourself? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That was a Todd with one D? Yeah. Yeah, Todd with one D. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'd like to thank everybody at Upworthy. They really supported the show for a long time. And, you know, now it's time to press on and do something else. But And now it's I, time to not support it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> there was a time, you know, as, as you know, David Crosby just passed away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To everything, turn, turn, turn. Right. Except dizzy from all the turning, but yes. Yeah. A time to cast some pot. Okay. So, <laughs> but you know what? We're going to leave everybody on an upbeat note with another uh, episode here, just like the other ones. So um, on today's show, we're going to go over the most popular and engaging stories from January 23rd to the 27th. And, you know, the fun things on this one, a lot of these have to do with relationships. So I think this will be a fun episode. And again, uh, patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. Yes, to continue this partay. And it's going to get even partayer because we're going to use all the words. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. It'll <laughs> be them. similar feel, greater vocabulary. Oh, speaking of, my three-year-old dropped an F-bomb this morning. <laughs> Oh, how did okay? How did you deal with that? Okay, so here's what happened. Our nanny said that he said something really funny in the car. He he said something, and then he was trying to say it's a tongue twister, but instead of tongue twister, he said it's a tongue stickler, which we think is like a better phrase for tongue twister, a tongue stickler. So then I was laughing at that, and I said, Owen, you know, did you say something was a tongue stickler in the car? And, and he laughed and said, yes. And then I said, what was the tongue stickler? And he just Uh-oh. said, F word. And so I, the, the, his nanny and I just start, like, I just turned away because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and it was the kind of thing where I was like, did I hear that? I mean, we both heard it, but we were questioning whether we heard it. Yeah. But I think I also heard him say it in like the course of, kind of he said a bunch of words the other day and i thought he said it and then i'm like no i must have misheard so i 
I don't know what we're going to do about this. Where he did he learn that, know Allison? I know. I don't. Not from this show. I don't know. He could have learned it from Daniel. He could have learned it from me. And he also could have learned it from someone at school. Um, but he clearly doesn't know have a sense of what it means or anything. It's It was sort of like a sound. Yeah. I'm going to have to get to the bottom of it. The good thing, what I hear is that you don't engage with it. Like you just like. I didn't. No, I turned away so he wouldn't see my reaction. Yeah. You don't want to give him, you know, "Ah," a big laugh and then he's going to, you know, go for it. Keep doing it. My son hasn't really cursed, uh, except for one time. Uh, We were driving down the street and a Stater Brothers supermarket truck like whooshed in front of us. And he was like three Mm. years old and he went, oh, S. Ah. And I was like, you know, if you're gonna curse, like getting cut off by a large grocery truck, it's the like time, s- right? Th- th- there's an appropriate time to use inappropriate language, and I think that was uh, totally fine. I didn't. I was like, um, it's kind of an adult word. We don't use that one. He was like, okay, you know, but you see what just happened, you know. <laughs> I mean, good situational situational awareness, Declan. And now, the Wednesday Adams of Upworthy, Allison Rosen. Why in the world we even chose her for this show remains to be seen. Take it away, Princess of Darkness. Children, what are you doing? I'm going to electrocute her. A hilarious social media challenge has women ditching dating apps to find love at Home Depot. Uh, So 55% of women in a Pew research poll said they believe dating is harder today than it was 10 years ago. Just a lot of frustration with all the online dating and the apps and the whatnots. Um, And uh, studies show that for people looking for a serious relationship, meeting in real life may actually be the better option. A study by Illinois State University sociology professor Susan Sprecher found that young people who first met face-to-face were 25% more likely to report feelings of closeness. Uh, There's another study that shows that people who first meet in real life are likely to last four times longer. Uh, So there is some science behind people's just uh, frustration with all the online stuff. Uh, And lo and behold, according to a viral social media trend, Home Depot is where all the available honeys and hubbies, I don't like either of those words, uh, is where all the available dudes, you just grimace, that's the appropriate response, where all the available dudes are, uh, uh, do we have a clip? Ladies, no joke, Home Depot is where you go if you want to meet a man. I found at least three husbands. I mean, they had wives, but like, don't let that stop you. Okay, there's tons of of clips like this on TikTok and I imagine they're on Instagram and the all the other social media uh, apps as well. Um, so there's women uh, talking about the right time to go to Home Depot. Like apparently a Friday evening is a good time to go because the married men are going to be out with their wives. Um, 
then there was another clip where there's someone who's like, if you're not finding, you know, the the available men at Home Depot, it's because you're going at the wrong time. You got to go right when they open or you got to go when they're so like 5 a.m., which is an an ungodly time to me personally. Uh, I know some people enjoy that time or after because her point was like the dudes you want have jobs. So you got to go, you know, so. Don't go when they should be at their jobs. You've got to be strategic about it. Uh, and then there's another one where there's a woman who asks a Home Depot employee, like, which aisle are the available men at? <laughs> so there you go. I mean, this is really blowing up. And, you know, I think also this is a reaction to the women who are on dating apps, maybe, and they're dating guys who might be kind of flakier or noncommittal. But a dude who's going to yes. Home Depot and is like, I need to go get some grout and some 80 grit sandpaper. Like, this is going to be more of a down home, maybe substantial man. And, you know, maybe Ooh, a hunky yeah, guy. Good point. A hunky yeah. guy that works with his hands. You right. know, looks knows his good. way around a lumber yard. That's right. Not some hipster guy that you met that doesn't know how to change his own oil. Mm-hmm. I is, don't, that's a really interesting. Yeah. You, you don't either? No, I don't know how to change oil. But I, I, I have been to Home Depot and I once set a record, I told my wife. I once went five times in the same day uh, because I was like a, a house project and. I just mm. kept messing it up and I had to keep going back and buy the buying the wrong thing. But I was like, what has happened to my life? I just made you five trips to- You live at Home Depot. Home. Yeah, I yeah. live at Home Depot now. But yeah, so don't, you know, this, is your uh, is your man, your husband a Home Depot kind of guy or- He, yes. All of our money, we're just giving to Home Depot. He goes there yeah. all the time and it is never inexpensive. Like everything, there's this meme- uh, going around right now, which is like, um, sure, you could order Thai food, but did you also know you can spend five times as much to make food at home, that, like to make a d- dish at home that's not going to be as good or something like right. that? And so Daniel is very crafty and artistic and anything he can, like he made a fake fireplace for us and it looks so good. That being said, I suspect it cost more than it would have cost him by a, like, we're he's we're not saving any money by all his projects. Everything there, it's every time he he goes in and out, and it's just like cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. Yeah, and maybe I, he's meeting women. I don't know. I don't know what goes on there. Yeah, he's getting all these women that's sitting there flirting with him, right? And he's just right. like standing around. They have that 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 ladder that slides, and he kind of stands up yeah. there and sticks his bottom out a little bit, and right present. I remember yeah. going there the last time I went there. I said, never again, because I walked in and I started immediate, I don't know, maybe I was pregnant with Owen, but I started immediately sneezing. I was just like, there's too much sawdust and things that are making Mm. me like too much dust or sawdust. I don't know what it is. I couldn't stop sneezing. It was not Eric. Yes, I was pregnant listening to listening to how cranky I was listening to me talk about that because I was like, it was hot. I couldn't stop sneezing. But Daniel and Elliot were walking in front of me and Daniel was holding Elliot's hand and I was just taking in the view and I was like, this is such chick bait right here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A a married man holding the hand of his, Elliot was probably two years old at that point, like with like a pencil behind his ear. Yeah. Yeah. I see the appeal. My problem is I just don't quite feel comfortable enough in the Home Depot. Like, uh, 
like I can, you know, I know where things are, but I always, when I'm asking the guy, I always feel for help. You know, the guys that work there, yes. I always feel like they know that I don't belong in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. not my, not my scene. And I always like the Home Depot guys because they're always like these middle-aged men. There used to be an Elvis impersonator at the one by my house, which thrilled me really? to no end. It's amazing. But these guys are always, they always tell you way too much. Yes. You know, you go in there, you're like, hey, can I get some sandpaper, you know, 40 grand? And then, and then they go in there and they have to do a whole thing about why, you know, show their expertise. <laughs> and I always like to go way overboard usually with the, with the information. Or if they're talking to somebody else, you know, it's like, you know, and, and you're waiting for them. It's almost like they're holding court. Like, yes, to and it's going to be yeah. like 40 minutes till they get to you. Right. Because they have to do their spiel. Yeah, but you know, I I I like the idea of pe- going people going out and meeting people IRL as they say because uh, you know, in this study they were saying that people who meet in real life have much better relationships. And I think that you can't really have chemistry, you know, through DMs right. or whatever. Like you got I think there's certain like pheromones and stuff that people have on them that make them more mm-hmm. attractive or or less attractive when you meet them in person. Like, you know, I I'm a I'm a believer in vibes, Allison. And yeah, no, I get know. that. No, I I agree. And conversely, I think I I, th- I remember when because um, I'm old enough that I remember a time before email. Oh, and I remember I remember the difference between dating guys or like having crushes on you know getting to know a guy that I had not had a lot of written communication with versus a guy where it's primarily written communication. And I think that there are plenty of people that in real life you would vibe with and you would like, but if you were to just have a lot of written back and forth, maybe it wouldn't be as exciting. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's rarely that people have the same level of being interesting on social media as they do in real life. Like there's some Mm -hmm. people that are really interesting in real life, but are boring on social media. And some people are actually mm. interesting on social media, but boring in real life. That's me. In person, I'm a dud. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a black hole of... Uh, that's what I'm like. <laughs> but what a ride online. All hail Todd Perry, the king of good news. God save the king. Women are celebrating, quote, self-dating using Miley Cyrus's flowers as their anthem. Miley Cyrus' official music video for her her new song, Flowers, is less than two weeks old, and it's already racked up a whopping 108 million views on YouTube. The smash hit also broke Spotify's record for most streams in a single week. There's a reason that Flowers is making waves. It's not only a catchy tune, but an empowering one, especially for women who've been socialized to believe they need a significant other to make them happy. With most post-breakup songs filled with heartache and lament, Flowers takes a different angle. While Cyrus sings not wanting a relationship to end, she ultimately realizes she can give herself what she wants from her partner, and it's very liberating. 
In the original version of this episode, we played the song Flowers by Miley Cyrus. However, the fine people at Spotify were threatening to remove the episode because we violated a uh, some kind of copyright. So, you will not be hearing this song, but I will read some of the lyrics. <clears throat> I can buy myself flowers. Write my name in the sand. Talk to myself for hours. Say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing, and I can hold my own hand. Yeah, I can love me better than you can. Now, it would have been awesome if we could have hired William Shatner to do that, you know. I can buy myself flowers. However, we didn't have that in the budget. Oh, well, anyway, back to the final episode of Upworthy Weekly. So that's a basic uh, little preview of the song. It's it's likable. It sounds familiar, though. I don't know what I really song like it... that song. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a real banger that slaps. <laughs> I I feel like a it's bop. the kind of kind of song that a lot of guys are gonna have to hear when yeah. they break up with a girl, yes. and then in the background they're playing that, and like all the girl gr- the girl and her girlfriends are like, hey, like you didn't need mm-hmm. him, like you know I will survive, or you should have put yes. a ring on it. There's a lot right. of getting great getting back at men songs and th- this feels like one of them uh, so Agreed. the women are using this song to put up like tiktok videos about how they are self-dating and here's a gal describing what it means to self-date so to date myself for a year um i basically treated myself the way that i would treat a partner if i was in a relationship So what this looks like is, first thing I did was commit to it. I dedicated myself to it and I gave myself a commitment. I got off of all dating apps. I wasn't entertaining any men. I wasn't entertaining anybody in my DMs, anything like that. It literally was just me and myself. Took the time to really learn about myself. I asked myself really hard, deep questions that I would ask a partner, stuff like, um, how do I act when I'm angry? Or if I'm sad, what's something that I would do to cheer me up? I gave my... So, yeah, that's how you self-date. So, you know, let's say, Allison, you wanted to self-date. You'd be like, I'm going to take myself to a nice meal and sit down and dress up and do your hair and, um, you know, have some have some Thai food. What, whatever you do when you have a, a really fancy French food, you know, <laughs> sitting alone. Yeah. With. That sounds kind of depressing, though, sitting a, alone in a French restaurant having a beignet. Staring or, deeply. Know into my own eyes in a mirror. Yes, I know. Um, I, I really like this idea. I took time off from dating. I didn't make it as formal as this. But there was a point when I lived in New York. I don't know if you know that I lived in New York. I don't talk oh. about it that often. But there was a point at which I was like, I need to remove myself from the dating scene because it's just a disaster after disaster. And I, I, I need to like, work on myself and figure out what's going on because for some reason I am making terrible decisions over and over. So I just, uh, I really pulled back and it was a really good, happy time of my life because I didn't have any, any external person affecting my mood. Like it it was really just me. So I actually would recommend this like for everyone unless you're married. Yeah, I took a break from dating uh, a long, when I was single, but it was mostly unintentional. It was, <laughs> yes. Right. They took a break from you. 
Yeah, we, yeah, the collective women of Earth took, <laughs> took a break from me. You know, I, I think this is interesting because this kind of dovetails in the conversation we had last week, which was about uh, you don't need anybody else to make you happy. Like we were talking about like life lessons that you'd tell a younger you yes. or a younger person. Uh, but but here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's where it doesn't line up. And that's mm. the flowers thing. She can buy herself flowers. But uh, flowers isn't about having the flowers, right? It's about the fact that somebody was being thoughtful. And it's about the fact that they went out of their way to get the flowers. Like, Yeah, but you could go out of your way. Like, maybe there's a florist that's near you. Don't go to that one. Go to one that's really inconvenient. You like, did it for you. My wife's favorite flowers are peonies. Or peonies. Mm-hmm. I, I still can't say it right. But I don't know how you say it either. You, but you can't get them peonies. in May. Mm-hmm. In May when, when it's her th- birthday. When so are I, they in season? Not May. So <laughs> I, that's all I know. Is I go in there and I go, you got them those uh, peonies or peonies pe- 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 or whatever you got going on in here, and they, <laughs> and, and they go, they go, no, no, who, who has them this time of year? And then I have to get a succulent. You know, so my my wife never gets her needs met flower wise, uh, right? From, from our relationship. And would it be possible for you to find out when they're in season and just buy some then, or is that a bridge too far? No. Once I realize I can't get them and I forget that I can't get them, then I'm just <laughs> yeah. all, I'm off, I'm off to the next thing, and I'm like, oh my god, right. I don't want to. I hear but, what you're saying about how the thing with flowers is that some is the gesture in it. However. There are people, I f- and I'm kind of with you, but there are people I follow online who are like, I can't imagine a life without fresh cut flowers. And I'm like, who are you? My whole life is a life without fresh cut flowers. But, <laughs> and they'll show pictures of like flowers that they bought for themselves in a vase or a vase, if you're fancy, oh. uh, you know, next to a bullet journal or and, and coffee or I don't know what, but I'm just saying like, there's plenty of people who do buy themselves the flowers. Oh, so they've been self-dating already. Uh, In that regard. I don't I don't think I've ever... My thing with flowers is that they just don't last very long. So I, I would uh, buy myself a plant, maybe that yeah. has some flowers on it. Yeah, a plant you can kill by not watering it, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I... Uh... I was thinking about the flowers thing and about how my my wife is very particular about them. And I know a lot of women are particular about the types of flowers they like, right? And it's yeah. very, you have to, it, it shows like as a man that you have like the correct taste, that you understand mm. them and all that go, go into the flower buying. And then I think to myself, and so it's a real, it's a no-win scenario really. And, and then I, 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 my, I got the flowers wrong once and then my wife was, Telling me how terrible I was for it, and then, and then I was like, "Okay, how about this? How about this? How about you going to Radio Shack, and I need, you know, I need some uh, RCA phone tip jack cables, okay? And uh, I need them to be the sound. It's gonna, they need to sound good, and I, I need blah 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 blah." She would had, she would have no idea what to do, you know. And that's like me going into the flower shop. Yeah. Did this argument help things? No. <laughs> this position of yours <laughs> yeah no it wasn't a, it was a time for me to lead with the heart not the head mm. yes look at you how <sighs> trained you are yeah i know i know i uh i feel like i've been in things like that with daniel before just like it's my birthday or christmas and now i'm in tears and he's just like what did i do and i'm like i don't know i can't explain it and i'm not going to even if i could 
I'm I'm writing this down I'm in, not a like locked, anymore. in a locked diary and after I die you will get and all you the can secrets. Find out. Yeah. Here's what I've been holding this whole time. Exactly. Oh, I like I like that. I like the idea of somebody creating a list of grievances that they've been holding on to that yes. they will not let go. Right. That grievances that will outlive them. Yeah, and it will be opened out upon their death. And not in Yes, a, the reading of the grievances. Yeah, just like with the will or whatever, it's the grievances. And also you have to make a point of these are the grievances I took to the grave. Yeah. You know. I love it. That's healthy. That's good news. Yeah. <laughs> Upworthy Weekly. This fire-breathing demon dog's adoption ad will leave you in stitches. He's a whole jerk. Uh, So, you know, typically when dogs are up for adoption, when a rescue or a shelter is uh, trying to place them, they really focus on the nice things about the dog. But what do you do when an adorable dog comes into your care and this dog is just a terror? This is what happened with uh, the Nigeria SPCA? Is that Niagara? Not Nigeria. Yeah. (laughs) Niagara SPCA. Um, wow. Wait, so real quick, name, real quick. It re- yes. That reminded me. I did a, stu- a story for Upworthy about a Nigeria dog parade, whereas oh. that Nigeria was one place in the world where they don't treat dogs very nicely. And so it was the sweetest thing because it was all these Nigerian people saying, like, you, we need to love dogs and treat them well. Aww. And they had them all dressed up, and they had, like, a best-in-show kind of competition for Nigerian dogs. And I was like, this is heartwarming. That is so upworthy and sweet. I know. Um, okay, so Ralphie is a nightmare. He's super adorable, but he's a nightmare. Uh, people should be banging down our doors for him. We promise you that won't be the case, the animal shelter wrote in a Facebook post. Ralphie is a terror in a somewhat small package. Uh, lots of people withheld Ralphie's less than desirable traits, but we're going to tell you all about it, says the uh, caption. He's a whole jerk, not even half. Everything belongs to him. If you dare test his ability to possess the things, wrath will ensue. If you show a moment of weakness, prepare to be exploited. Sounds fun, <laughs> huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the shelter explained, sometimes we can sugarcoat the less than desirable traits. Like, you know, you'll see, sometimes they'll say like, prefers to be an only child, which really means... Doesn't get along well with other animals, but um, they said, this one stumps us, though. We don't have too many nice things to say, so we're just going to come out with it. And and, and the Upworthy story, excuse me, has all sorts of videos and slideshows of Ralphie just being adorable. And so the shelter suspects that because he is so cute, no one ever really enforced boundaries with him, like you need to do with dogs. And so that's why he's just... A real adorable nightmare. It's like Justin Bieber, you know? Yes. Get away with murder being as cute as Jay Biebs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With those mm-hmm. dance moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say let's say yeah. that Wendy, your dog, was in a shelter, and it was a similar yeah. situation. Like, what would you write about Wendy? <clears throat> She'll steal your man. Oh. Because... Daniel and I have like a good relationship, but Wendy and Daniel have a perfect relationship and I am merely an interloper. The bond they share and it also she's a bit of a traitor because first she was more bonded to me and then I don't know what happened, but her allegiance changed or Dan, you know what it is? Daniel would give her a lot of human food and that became a problem, but 
he bribed. I, I don't know if she chose him or he chose her. You, it, when two people or a dog and a person want to be together, you can't get in the way. Mm. And now they have like a whole, she sleeps on his head. Occasionally she'll come and like nuzzle up next to me. And it's like, it's like, um, it's like if you have an absentee parent and they show up one day to take you to Disneyland or something. It's oh, like that for yeah, me. Like, yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. My turn. And then I'll like move a tiny bit and then she'll just be like, Mm-mm, and she gets up and goes and snuggles onto Daniel. She licks his head in the morning. <laughs> I'll be in the other room and I'll look and I'll just see him like leaning down and whispering sweet nothings to her. Oh. When he leaves, she sits. <laughs> it's, it's, sweet but when he leaves the house she just sits by the window staring forlornly out the window and i said to him what happens when i leave and he said oh pretty much nothing so oh Oh. right it's like my old dog murray it's funny how we can kind of project our humanness you know anthropomorphize as they say uh yeah it used to be when i would leave for the for work Back when I used to actually drive to work, um, whenever I get ready to walk out the door, my dog Murray would run in the backyard and hide beneath a bush. <laughs> and he would just sit there and like watch, like kind of peep with his eyes and like look so sincere. And yeah. I would always think, oh, wow, like I guess he gets scared that I'm not around to protect him or whatever. <laughs> but, but what I realized was that every time right before I left the, the door, I stopped by the refrigerator and I got a piece of ice out of the ice machine and he hated the noise of the mm-hmm. ice machine he was oh. afraid of the ice ma- maker so i go and put it in my coffee and then so I, I could drink my coffee right away and uh-huh. the, the dog would run and hide and it wasn't anything to do with the fact that i was a great pr- protector but he was yes. scared s-less of the uh ice maker it wasn't his abandonment fears no it was just you traumatizing him with ice so i was thinking that I would write these for for my two dogs, like you know, to give a honest thing if they were at the shelter. And first is my dog Archie, my probably one and a half year uh, complete mutt big dog mix. And I would say he's gassy, of below <laughs> intelligence for a canine, and thinks he's a boxing kangaroo. While you're making dinner, he will stand on his hind legs and start trying to slap box you until you feed him. He oh will God. beat you into submission. He comes at you like a street hustler, and you're three days late. Mm. He loves urinating on beds, any bed <laughs> in the house. If he's got a full bladder, he'll flood your Tempur-Pedic and then run off like nothing happened. But he's super sweet, loyal, and good with kids. You didn't even mention that he eats glasses. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, three pairs. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote one for my dog, Scout, and... Well, oh, by the way, I've got non-prescription ones right now. He hasn't mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't like them. No, he he's he know he knows what's good. He knows what's expensive. It's like, those don't have the blue, you know, the blue shield on it. <laughs> uh, so my dog Scout, who's older, who's nine, who's a little Jack Russell Terrier, and I say, uh, as I've said many times, on your first day in hell, the devil gives you a Jack Russell Terrier to care for for all eternity. <laughs> This overweight Jack Russell terrorist will bark for 20 minutes if he hears a mouse pass gas. He's the yappiest beast on the continent of North America. He's a beggar, too. While you're at the dinner table, he'll beg you for food scraps like a 17-year-old wanting some action in the car after prom. 
When he's not begging or yapping or whining, Scout can whine for 70 straight minutes if he thinks there's a morsel of food in the garbage disposal. But when you're watching TV at night, he's a super sweet cuddler. Aww. Um. Okay, I have a dog question. So I know that Archie, you were a little bit reluctant to adopt him. You were kind of like mm. on the fence and then you decided to. Do you, don't, do your, do your dogs listen to this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I don't want them to hear. No, as I said, you know, Scout is a staunch conservative and he's usually listening to like, you know, whatever's on the Blaze stuff or like he's a Ben Shapiro guy, you know. Okay, cool. Um, curious their opinions of all the Steven Crowder stuff, but I'll find out about that after. Uh, do you love Archie just as much as Scout now? Like, has he worked his way into your heart? Is it, are they equal? Well, I, I think that my initial reluctance to get Archie uh, was well-founded and it's really played out. I mean, I, I do. I love him in his own way. He's he's a big lug, and I love him. So, yes, I do. Um, honestly, and I will say this in front of them: I loved Murray more than both of them. But because uh, he was a special dog, and Scout's a little mm-hmm. narcissist. But uh, I'd love Archie, and he's found a great place in our home, and my son loves him, and uh, yeah, so it's all good. It's just he's a big crazy puppy, and you know, yeah, that. You're just going to have to deal with drama with that. It's tough with puppies, yeah. Yeah. And last night, and I was talking about him peeing in the bed. You know, we're staying in Airbnb, which I'm talking about like every week on the show because our house is under construction. And last night, so okay, you tell me if I'm wrong here as a a married woman. So we have extra bedrooms in this airbnb so my wife has a room my kid has a room and there's an extra room and i say you know what i'm gonna sleep by myself in the extra room <coughs> so i can like listen after, like the... after he peed no well or no before? this was before he peed and so last night okay. i've got i'm like gonna put a podcast on and listen to it without headphones listen to it loud because there's nobody else in the room sleeping i was all yeah. excited and i lay in the bed into a big puddle of wee and i was oh, like no oh terrible so Uh, you you tried to date yourself and it didn't work (laughs) and i dated a big puddle of urine but yeah but now am i bad that the moment there was an extra room my wife and i we both were like hey let's sleep in separate beds this week because we have the separate beds in the airbnb is that a bad thing no no i don't think it is i mean look you get to a point in marriage where you're like i would rather have a good night of sleep than snuggle with my beloved Mm -hmm. and uh if there you know if there was an extra room that had a a decent bed in it i think daniel and i would take advantage of that in our house because he snores we go to bed at different times um and his belief is i am such a light sleeper that even if he wasn't yeah like yes this is him yes i snore yes I merely move and it wakes you up, but this that's your sleep cycle. And even if I, this is him saying this, even if I wasn't mm. here, you would still do that. So I think he would opt to sleep in another room or have me sleep in another room just to test his theory. And to be fair to him, when I used to live alone, I did wake up a lot in the night too. So still though, I wouldn't mind if Mr. Log Sawer that's probably a better way of saying it. If old Rip, Rip Van Winkle was in another room, and I love him. Well, you know, not only tired. not only is he a, a, a log... Sawer. Log sawer. <laughs> Seems like a gaslighter. 
Yes! That's total textbook gaslighting. You know what? It's not my snoring. It's the fact that you have a bad sleep cycle. Yes! Thank you very much. I feel like you have held space for my concerns. And then he made you doubt reality through his gaslighting, where you were like, well, maybe before I was married, maybe I woke up a lot at night. The thing you... is, I did, but it's ch- now that I have kids, it's different. I sleep differently now that I have kids. I am tired more, and I will just sleep soundly if all <laughs> wasn't in my ear. <laughs> that worthy weekly. Two couples move in together with their kids to create one big, loving polyfamily. Beautiful. Yeah. That's what they call themselves, the polyfamily, because they're polyamorous. And uh, polyamory is a lifestyle where people have multiple romantic or sexual partners, and it's more prevalent in America than you think. Hmm. So according to a study published in Frontiers in Psychology, one in nine Americans have been in a polyamorous relationship. And uh, here's the what? thing. One in wow. six would like to try one. Hmm. And they're all in Oregon. However popular the idea is, polyamory is misunderstood by a large swath of the public and is often seen as deviant. However, those who practice it view polyamory as a healthy lifestyle with several benefits. So, and by the way, I'm, I'm all for this. I'm a... Uh, really? Yes. I'm, I'm for... Uh, you know, as I always say, I'm pro-choice on everything, mm. right? So I think that people should be able to choose how they're married and who they're married to and how many people and, you know, as long as it's consensual, baby. Uh, right. Okay. So the, these two gals, Taya and Elisa, they were, uh, they had, and their husbands, you know, they both said, you know, let's spice up our relationship a bit. So they met this other couple and they started hanging out. And then, now here's the hard part. One guy, Sean, who's uh, married to Taya, one time they're driving back from these people's houses, and he had probably, I think, would be the most difficult conversation ever. He was like, you know, I think I'm starting to fall for Alicia. And his wife said, you know what? I think I'm starting to fall for Tyler. So then it was like, okay, okay, wow. And then they hadn't even thought of becoming Polly. And then they just couldn't wait to see this other couple again. And so then they said, you know, let's stop the commute. Let's just move it all under one roof and we'll be a big Polly family. But how did the Sean and what's her name know that the other couple was into them? They must have been feeling vibes. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, right. And. You know, I mean, wow. I, so yeah, then they create, and then the the one one couple had two kids, and they moved those kids in, and then then here's the interesting part. So the couple, the wives have bedrooms, and the men just rotate in and out, in and out, in and out, right? And so they don't they, they don't have their own dedicated bedrooms. The dudes don't. The dudes don't. They just like, and, and I'm sure at a certain point, it's like, where are my socks? Where's my watch? <laughs> like, right? Whose pants am I wearing? Right. Are these your, that, that's why you hope the other guy may, is maybe your size. Yeah. I mean, double the partners, double the wardrobe. Right. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah, you know, 
hey, I like that shirt, bro. Oh, the denim one? Right. You want to borrow it? Thanks, yeah. man. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, just logistically, it seems difficult that they don't have their own bedrooms. But hey, whatever works. Yeah. They must Horse, have like a work shed or something. Yeah. Horses for courses, as they say. But so then the interesting thing is, so both women got pregnant. And they don't Uh-oh. know. They don't know <gasps> who the daddy is. So there's so going into this all, there's just one couple has two children, right? And now and that, there's two more babies on the way, right? Well, they had two babies, so the both the oh, women. So now now one now one woman has had three, and the other has had one. And they don't know whose are whose. Now with the new ones, yeah, the new babies, the post poly family, right? And they say it doesn't matter because we all love each other and we're all married. And they go, you know, that's what they say. The kids might want to know. Yes. And they said, well, we'll come to that road when it's time. Right. So conceivably, they're all from one guy. Conceivably. No pun. No pun. Possibly. Like they're all just one guy. One guy's got like some real virile sperm here. Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe not. Yeah. You don't Uh, know. I don't mean to be a real prude wet blanket. But I don't think that would work for me. No, you couldn't have two husbands? I don't... No, I don't think so. I mean... it's uh, Like, if there weren't... I don't want to be judgmental. Maybe it's a great system. But something... And maybe I'm just traditional. Something about it is just making me go like, is this right for the kids? But maybe that's not... Maybe that's too judgmental. Maybe... I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. But wait, is this is not legal though, is it? Or is it? I, I no, I don't think that's it's legal for them to okay. be officially married. I don't think. You so. know what it is? If this foursome is really like makes it work and can stick to, I'm trying to think like what is my hesitation over this kind of setup? And I think it's the idea that, or maybe I'm just justifying some kind of uh, negative feeling I have about it. But it's like four people. That's a lot to make work. So there's even more chance of this family unit busting up than if it were just two people. But maybe that's not true. Yeah, well, you think about it. Like, let's say, you know, you and your husband, you and Daniel were married, and then you guys married another couple. And then, Sure, let's just say. Yeah, and, and then two years into it, you or Daniel are like, uh, I'm not really feeling this anymore. I want to go right. back to how we were living. And then you're like, no, I love having two husbands. Right. And, so and then, and then there were three. Oh, right. And that, and then there's one guy, <laughs> two female bedrooms, and he's running back and forth, and she's sleeping alone. And then, it's like a French farce. He's so busy. Yeah, so busy. And so he's going to be like, <sighs> I'm, I need another man. We got to go out. I need, Yeah. We now, gotta, everything is, is this only heterosexual? Yes, this is only heterosexual. So the women okay. aren't romantic and the men aren't Got romantic. It. But they're, they, they consider themselves closely bonded, you know? Yeah, well, sure. What, do you feel like this situation could work for you? You know, I was thinking that, I don't know. It would be really weird, like, having some other dude, like, sleeping this many years in wife? like yeah yeah <laughs> i think that I, what's this you know maybe i'm just insecure you know but i was just thinking that if i did have multiple wives i would i would kind of do it like oceans 11 style 
Mm, what does that mean? Well, like in Ocean's Eleven, like you're, you're going to go commit a crime. So you've got like the guy who's the safe cracker. You've got oh, the guy who's right. like the face man. You've got you've got a yes. guy. Uh, uh, you you kind of need a woman for. I, I would choose. I wouldn't have like two of the same type of gal. I would. I would no, marry. You like, want to diversify. Yeah. Yeah. So be like maybe one one wife is like Miss Business, like kind of like how my wife is. She's like a great business partner. You know, her and I. Uh, and then maybe I'd have like some hippie chick party girl who would be like the right. other wife. She's like, right, you know, like one of the women in that picture of you with the giant pants from the from your rave lifestyle. <laughs> right, one of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> and yes, yeah, something like that. And I, I'm not sure who the third one would be. I don't know. Um, but can I know, just you- point out? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you finish and then no, I have to point No, no, go out. ahead. No, please. Point you it out. describing your wife as a great business partner is as unromantic as I often sound describing Daniel. No, I don't think. I, no, I, I, no, I think that's a really, I think that's an important. It's essential. I feel like that, that just, desc- but uh, I feel like there's people hmm, listening right. who would say, who would say like, oh, that doesn't sound romantic. And yet as a married person, I do think that like that description is like that quality is essential in your partner if you are going to have a family together and like make stuff work. Oh, I think so. And I think that I think that's the type of relationship that makes a things last because, you know, you could sit down and no one's avoiding talking about the bills or no one, you know, right. We get that. Like I always think like my wife and I would be able to like run you know, a little cute flower shop in the corner that sold peonies. But mm, we'd be able to do right. that because we, we kind of work well that way. Other people, yeah. I may not work well with that way or she may not work well. Like it, it, And then, you know, right. obviously it's a whirlwind romance, you know, on top of the business relationship, you know. Right. Of course, we're running around like John and Yoko all the time, okay? Mm, Every, yeah. that's, a, that's a given. What's not a right. given... There's no... Yeah. Is the What's business, not a given what? Is the right. business acumen, exactly. you know, because you probably know couples that can't pay a bill or like are irresponsible or, you know, yeah. and you think, or okay. just have very different values and everything seems to be a struggle. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's some couples that are like that, you know, there's, there's some couples, they, they make a ton of money, but like they're struggling, right? And there's some people that don't bring much in that they do fine, right? Because it's just mm-hmm. how it's just their values with stuff. But or they they can't manage to take a vacation somewhere because they they don't know, you know, they, they can't put their left foot in front of their right foot. But a good couple right. can kind of do that, right? Yeah. Um, wow, geez, I had to really defend myself there on the business partner. I know. I'm sorry that I I came at you so hard. I know. Jeez. I can only imagine when you can use all the words on the Patreon show <laughs> at patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. Allison with uh, one L and Todd with one D. And uh, right now, sign up and we're going to have some some upworthy outtakes. And then we'll have our own show going in a couple weeks. But... Right. And it'll be salty <laughs> with all the words. <laughs> It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com.
Allison, on a scale yeah. of one through five, one being dating yourself, mm. five being polyfamorous. Bah. How was your week? I mean, I'm going to give it like a 1.5 because we received quite a blow. Mm. And that is a bummer. Although, of course, I'm so thankful for all the weeks that we were able to have this show. That was like a gift that fell into our fell into our laps with a lot of work uh, to get it there. But I'm I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but at the same time, I'm sad. So but it's not a total one because uh, I went out last night and I saw three bands And it was so nice to go out and see music and be among people, which is something I really have not been doing these last few years. Um, So that was nice. Yeah. You you were like, oh, I'm going to Tony's thing. You left me a message yesterday. And I was like, yeah, wait, I hear Allison in a car. Like, does she Mm -hmm. know where she's going? Is she like, no, I was in the passenger seat. So I did not. Oh, okay. I was like, does she have her, her night driving glasses on? You know, she's (laughs) like, my night drive and my gloves. Yeah. Driving gloves. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, good. Uh, are you a better person? Mm, yes. And now let me figure out why. Um, oh, yeah. I, well, I can just to, to let it all hang out. Uh, I, w- I was pretty sad when I found out the news about us. And then I took some time to like sit with myself and reframe and uh yeah and and instead of you know and i was able to sort of like get to a place where i'm like you know it's gonna be okay it's okay so i think that that resilience definitely oh. atomic habits so strong it was like you were dating I, yourself hero. you were dating i really yourself. was i'm i'm a survivor yeah. uh todd on a scale of one to five one being ralphie the dog who's a terror Ooh. and five being murray Oh, how was your week? Uh, I'm gonna give it a 1.5 as well because oh, twins. Yeah, twinsies. Because uh, obviously this is our last show, and so that that was a bummer. But um, I would say that the good thing was that, that prevented it from being. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just ripping you off right now. I'm just, just stealing stealing your Do whole it. act. Was yeah, it? No, that's fine. Last night at like eight o'clock at night, my son. It was near near time for bed or whatever, and he said to me, "Daddy, can we watch the Three Stooges?" <laughs> and it was like my heart, like, it, you know, what's what's the Morrissey song? And now my heart is full. Uh, I was <laughs> so excited, and um, yeah, my heart grew like twenty times because my son wanted to watch. Like a 1930s like comedy thing, which I I grew up watching the Three Stooges. I always thought like, is a kid growing up now in the world of Netflix and Avengers and all those kids running around doing the mashed potato and the twist and everything, is he gonna like <laughs> the old classic stuff? And you know what? Three guys slapping the crap out of each other is entertaining, no matter what year you do it. Indeed. Uh, and are you a better person? Yes, uh, I, I will say again. Okay, so yesterday. Now this this seems like a total first world problem, but please, I, I think you can agree with me. I think we're similar in this way. Mm. 
Or, you know, I've been out of my house because I had a leak and I had mold and they're redoing my flooring. So these guys come in and are working on my house all week, putting in like new tile. And they're doing a wonderful job. They're totally sweet, really nice guys. And then they finish the job and the tile looks perfect. Just like I, I was so happy. And then they put the grout in and the grout is the wrong color. Oh, no. And what color is it? It, it was supposed to be gray to like match. It's like cement looking like tile. Uh-huh. So gray, so you can't really see it. And when it dried, it, it looked like kind of white. Oh, and I was like, heavens. oh, God. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of money involved in this, right? Like, yeah. To not get it right. And then you have to look at it every day of your life. And a home's right. an investment. And yeah. part, part of me, I'm the kind of person that I hate people who complain. I hate uh-huh. complaining confrontation not so great with but i can kind of confront things a bit but it's more just like i don't like people who are picky all those things right I, that's exactly not me i i hate being that person but so you know the guy comes in like the the head guy's like so how do you like everything and i'm like you know this here's the box here's the color on the box and here's right the thing and it doesn't match so we have to make this right. You know, I was like, you guys put in great effort. So I thought that I was being nice about it, but also standing up for myself. Yes, good. In, in doing it, which made me highly uncomfortable. But after I went through it, I was like, I think I did the right thing. Right. And I think there- so. Yeah, it's your house. How? What was his reaction? Uh, Kind of some pushback and like, you know, they kind of dance around it, you know. But one of the construction guys, I was like, look, this is this is white. And he's like, oh, when it dries, it's all going to look white. And I said, oh, okay, you just admitted fault. You know, you admitted fault here. Because like, look yeah. at the box, it says gray. You know, and so whatever. It's whatever. It's, you know, tile problems. So wait. Not a big problem in the world. But the, the idea that I felt comfortable, you know. Yes, hey, that's good. Hey, this isn't right. We're going to have to fix this. You know, that, that was good. good for me. Wait, I have a question though. Did they use the gray one, but when it dried, it dried white? So it's like a fault of the grout? No, it's the fault of like they used too much water in making the grout, oh, so they diluted it, so I the co- it, they didn't have the retain the color or whatever. So I see, I see. That was yes. It. I that's I think that's really good. There's things like that that I will suck up and then be annoyed with for the like all the time, and it's so much better to just say something at the time. Yeah. Oh, totally. And then also, you know, and it's, it's not just that. It's like my, me looking at it every day, but then also knowing yeah. my wife's coming home every day going, that's not what we pick, you know. Right. So, and, and then we sit down and have a business meeting about it and uh, figure it out. Good. But yeah, so that was my thing. I think I grew a little bit for that. Good. But, Good for you. So I'd like to send out our... Last episode of Upworthy Weekly by once again saying thank you so much to the people at Upworthy for letting us do this for this long. This, yeah. you know, um, Naomi especially has been such a, a big person who really helped this show and was always like, "What do you need? What do you want? How do we mm-hmm. how do we do this? How do we make this good? What can we do for you?" And I, that is so important and so great. And it's rare that you get that type of support. Uh, in, in a company, in a media company or whatever. and um, So yes, I'd like to thank her for that. And obviously, Allison, for uh, being such a trooper and such a wonderful partner on this and uh, agreeing to move forward with something I think is super cool. Well, thank you for bringing me in on this project. And I feel like overall, we, we, were, we were really lucky and fortunate to get to do it. It's been fun. Yes. And I look forward to whatever comes next. 
Yes, and so patreon.com backslash Allison and Todd. Check it out. Sign up there. We'll have some shows coming up soon. Yes. And leave a review. Oh, Let yeah. everybody know how much you love the show. On Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Yeah. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week. And the other thing I wanted to quickly say <laughs> is that, in my opinion, the language of hatred begins with the self. <laughs> Someone wanted to know what level they have to sign up for to make us never play that clip again. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's going to cost you a buck fifty an episode. <laughs>